Hey, check it out. Yes, it is Thursday. It is nine. So it's UK Cowboys time. How we doing, everybody? Pretty good. Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, night roasting here, but never mind. I know I'm, I'm sweating like neighbors' business over here in Scotland. I never thought I would actually say that in a while. Yeah. <laughs> well, we do have as well with us a very special guest from a, a, a rather warm part of uh, the globe at the moment over in Texas. We've got Mr. RJ Cho. How are we doing, sir? It's great to be with you guys. Not nine o'clock here. Um, <laughs> it's three o'clock. Uh, the sun is out and it's very hot and I miss the fall a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> what, what temperature are you up to at the moment over there? Well, I know we're uh, cavemen who operate in Fahrenheit. Um, of course, but, yeah. It is. I, I can't do the conversion for you. I'm not that talented, but yeah. <laughs> it is 95 degrees Fahrenheit at the moment. Yeah, so it's, in the, it's like the low fair east, really, for us, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. Like 33, 33. 34. Yeah. 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 We're, we're close enough. Yeah, yep. yeah. See, we tried to act it intelligent, but we're, we're just guessing as well, RJ, to be honest with you. <laughs> right on. <laughs> yeah. It's like quick, uh, quick, like mute the mute the microphone. Siri. Quick, give me this one. And then, uh, <laughs> uh, but not really. But yes, we are, uh, guys, continuing on the positional breakdown series. Uh, we've only got four, which is including this episode, four more episodes uh, of season three. And that's it. All done. Dusted. Um, and we're on to a bigger and brighter things on season four. Um, although I have noticed a trend. I went back and checked. Season one, we did 62 episodes. Season two was 68 episodes. This one will end up being on like 70, I think 75, 76. So uh, it's a steady trajectory of a continual amount uh, of shows coming in. <laughs> um, but yes, um, talking this week about the pass rushers on the Cowboys roster, uh, defensive ends, but we'll obviously go with the news first. But before we go there, as I always do every show, I'm going to ask you guys, what do you feel this year about the pass rusher position? Obviously, we've lost Randy Gregory. Um, we picked up a, guy, a, well, a couple of guys um, during the draft, if include uh, the UDFA as well. How do you feel this year in general, uh, folks, about the pass rusher, pass rusher position in comparison to last year? Question mark, question mark, question mark. That's it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think I think if anything, we're trading water at the moment. We do, we don't know what we've got, but I mean, Fowler technically is probably about the. You should probably get the same out of Fowler and um, Dorrance Armstrong that you probably got uh -huh. out of Randy Gregory and Dorrance Armstrong last year. So yeah. I think we're probably standing pat at the moment. See how we go. See how we go with guys like Williams, etc. Yeah. All right. Well, RJ, like, he had to quickly skip on. I just asked the, the guys a quick question about how you feel about the pass rusher position for the Cowboys this year, losing Randy, but picking up two guys in the rookie plus Dante. Um, right. How you feel about the group this year in comparison to last year? I am a little bit down on it. I had to leave because uh, there's a truck outside, so the dog is... Um... Is barking, but I, I mean, it's worse, you know, and I, I hate to say that. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's like, I think we're, we're reaching a part where we have to face some hard truths. Um, that's not to say that it can't 
you know, still be good. It's not to say that Sam Williams can't have a great rookie year, that Dante Fowler can't find the fountain of youth. Um, I think it would be irresponsible to believe that Dante Fowler and Sam Williams are going to come in, that Doran's Armstrong is going to take this leap when that hasn't happened yet. I mean, what if DeMarcus Lawrence gets hurt again too? I mean, like that's, that's lurking around the corner as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about the the changes as well. And I was speaking to a few guys over in Dallas Cowboys media um, as I always do, I badger them with a host of questions. One day they're going to block me. I'm telling you, it's it's coming. They've got to. Otherwise, it's just not, not going to stop. Otherwise, um, but I tell you what, we'll we'll get onto that in a second. So let's hit the news and updates, and then we'll crack on with the show. Is it, guys? Cool. Cool. Rock and roll. All right, well, the news and update segment this week is pretty short. We're in the complete and utter low point of the NFL season year, where it's between OTA and going to camp. So it's pretty quiet. Um, but we didn't touch on it last week because obviously the way that the dates were rolling. But OTAs last week, and I'll get what all of you think on this. Um, day two, day three cancelled. They obviously used day two for um, team building. Um, which is what they did, and they went to uh, Top Golf, spent the day golfing. Uh, day three was a day off. What do you guys, uh, and ours, as well, RJ as well, um, make of this? Uh, one thing I, I was going to add before I ask you guys is something that people didn't uh, think about, which I was just thinking about now when we asked RJ about how hot it is over there. Bear in mind, they're trying to run OTAs last week in like 104, 105 degree Fahrenheit weather. So that has to be something taken into account. But what do you guys all make uh, of cancelling two days of OTAs? I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of open to the idea to an certain extent. Like I'm all mm-hmm. for team, I'm all up for team building because these guys are coming in, they don't know who they're working with. So even just like get to know the teammates outside of football that actually help them gain a better communication just to get to know each other better. But yeah. at the same time, I'm kind of like on the fence on that as well. Was like I kind of still like to know them to kind of like get as many reps in, for like because they're going to be installing with all this playbook information, get to know the coaches better, learn like all the wee ins and outs before they actually go into actual training camps. So in a way, I'm kind of like, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think. I mean, one of the things, obviously, the Thursday, the rookies were still in the building and the rookies were still sitting down with the coaches. They weren't actually training, but they were still sitting down with their coordinators, their position Uh coaches and going through things. So I think the veterans, you can afford to give them the time off, especially a lot of them are sort of obviously picking up niggles in in the OTAs. You've got Uh a couple of guys that are obviously rehabbing a lot of injuries. Um, but coming on, I mean, obviously Gallup's, there was a report this week that Gallup is still targeting middle of September, not October for that's right, yeah. um, a return. So, oh. um, you know, that's looking hopeful. Um, it's not like you're bringing in a completely new system this year. So certainly the veterans should have last year's system down pat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's only a few wrinkles that you may be installing again. And then obviously you build up again in... Um, you build it up again at the beginning of training camp as well. So, uh, but as Paul says, I mean, team chemistry, what you build up off the field translates to on the field as well. So, yeah, I'm going to agree with the last two guys because it's 
it's um it's the middle of june nothing's won in june and if you can if you can let the guys bond a little bit like we said it's most of the same coaching staff coming back same quarterback same offensive coordinator same d coordinator so not overly concerned it would have been nice but I'm sure they've gained a few brownie points with the players not sending them out in 100 degree weather. <laughs> uh, yeah, what do you make of it, RJ? You... you know, I think it's funny that, you know, the Cowboys were so lax and that, you know, that's the same team that's been fined two years in a row for, yep. for being too physical. Um, so these are kind of like diametrically opposing ideas. But um, I know some people, I mean, I haven't seen much of it, but I know that the takes are out there. People are. Uh, are mad at the truck again. Uh, I, okay. I swear he he was so quiet for like an hour before, and then the moment <laughs> I hop on here is when when this, the chaos unfolds. Um, but um, but I I mean I I am I I just don't have the energy to be upset that they're not utilizing the practices. Like I I mean the 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 whatever difference it would make is is not even real um, to the point of, of having, you know, any sort of legitimate emotion. I think it's just fine. I think if you're a good head coach, I think you, you trust your team, you trust your, your guys, you trust your players and you know, what's best for them. So if it's top golf, Hey, so be it. Yeah. And you know, it is install phase really when you think about it and trying to get these guys up to a level of fitness, if they're there already, coaches know better than us about where they are in their condition level, you know? Just then to add on top of that, Mike, it's up to the player's responsibility to do their due diligence, to learn the play about, to do these things themselves in their own time as well, if they want to make an impact in the team. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's even though it's a bit relaxed, but it's up to the players to step up and actually take the initiative going forward. Yeah, totally with you. Um, all right, uh, further news uh, in terms of practices, they've had some extra officials. Uh, to turn up. The emphasis here is to um, get them reducing their flag rate. So I, more you, discipline. I, I was wondering where this was going because I generally thought, yeah. like, did they just bring in more officials in just to make sure that we're not making any holding calls? <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, it, the, you know, the plan for it there is just to get more discipline on the team um so they've seen exactly what they want to see there's also some talk about simi versus uh tj vasha so keep an eye on that battle as we tell you each week which battles to look out for that's our one to watch for this week or when it gets to oxnard and then the last one is there's some kelvin joseph news uh as well um he has been questioned but two arrests have been made he isn't one of them uh, so that is something to continue to look out for um but let's do it then guys we are into the past russia territory for the cowboys obviously we've got to start from the very top and uh i was speaking to david hellman this week about um uh demarcus lawrence and trimming down you know we was talking about it last week paul about yeah. how he, he's got a little streamline i'm trying to think of reasons like is it they're trying to get old demarcus lawrence back like versus that game versus the lions um, where he's getting the strip sack against Matt Stafford, um, or are there other reasons behind it? Dave Hellman, completely, and I, I never really thought of it until I was speaking to him, but basically, and RJ attested to it a little earlier, is that he's get, picking up a lot of injuries. Um, so why not try and help that by reducing his weight? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. <laughs> now you spell it out for me. It does make sense. 
Yeah, especially, I mean, the the two major ones he's had, both as a rookie and last year, the, the broken foot as well. I mean, that's yeah. obviously, if he's if he's carrying a bit of extra weight, that puts a lot of stress on your ankles and your, your metatarsals, etc. So, yeah. um, you know, anything you can do to to reduce the stress there. Obviously, he's now had plates. I think he's had plates in, installed as well. So that's supposed to give a little bit extra strength as well. Mm -hmm. um so that should help as well but i mean yeah this this year i think you know the last couple of years there's been problems with demarcus lawrence he's he's been on and off the field a a few times with little injuries as well not not quite sean lee-esque injuries but um it's still you know concerning that we've we've missed out on him for uh, short spells if nothing else yeah um what do you make, RJ? What are you thinking? This is this a good move to get Demarcus trimmed down a bit, especially when you think how he holds up against the run, absorbing all our energy? First of all, the truck is gone, so there's peace in my house once again. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you would you would think that the dog would understand there's a seven-month-old child here. A little sensitivity would go a long way. Uh, but, oh, by the um, way, by the way, why do you talk about that? Happy first Father's Day for Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Right. Or, not Paul. Thank you, Mike. And Paul's always on my <laughs> You're own. okay. You're okay. But, uh, we look similar. Uh, we look similar. Uh, well, you know, you're a little bit more handsome, Mike. Let's, let's be fair. Sorry. You know, but, <laughs> hey, at least I met. I'm ugly, so at least I met. Um, but <laughs> not on I the mean, inside. I, I I like the idea. I mean, I think that that's, like, that's how you have to treat older players. I mean, this is year number nine for DeMarcus yeah. Lawrence. Um, and so, like, in a vacuum, I like that idea. Um, but then it becomes a matter of, okay, well, what do you do when, if, if you're lessening DeMarcus Lawrence's workload, it would have been nice to have Randy Gregory. It would have been nice to have Zadarius yeah. Smith. It would have been nice to have Yvonne Miller. I mean, obviously some of those players are long in the tooth as well, but I just, yeah. you, you can't have all of these things. Like this, this is a Venn diagram with no middle that where yeah, all of yeah, these yeah, things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's tough. I, I I think the approach for Demarcus Lawrence is right, uh, and I'm excited about that. But it leaves the de- it, it it just requires Micah Parsons to be even more amazing, which is very possible, but is reckless to assume. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, like if we go through as well, and I, I've written it all down. I'm just trying to gas my way through getting it back up on my phone. So obviously. Um, 30 years of age. He was one of the veterans um, on the Cowboys roster. As you say, nine years experience with the Cowboys from Boise State taken in the second round. But here's what, what is interesting is he's he's like the third highest paid on the roster. His cap hit because he did take the extension. He's 14 uh, on the cap this year, which you can kind of live with, especially when you think, he was the highest-graded run defender last year amongst defensive ends, um, which says it all about what he could do. But here's the bit that scares me, and, and tell me how this is going to work, RJ, is that next year his cap hit, tied in as well with Dak Prescott, is 26 mil on the cap. Uh, I mean, that's, the, you know, the... We've been saying it forever that the TV money's coming, right? Like the cap spots yeah, explode. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what the I think the hope is. 
is that yeah. next year, you know, it obviously got a little delayed and wonky with the pandemic. It's, it's been talked about many times, but that, I, I think that's the hope or that's the plan is that, you know, the cap grows exponentially back on pace prior to 2020 a year yeah. from now. And so you're not dealing with this massive casualty uh, or massive situation that DeMarcus Lawrence presents. Yeah. And I, you know, it's one of the things I, I was talking about with the guys last week about why they a lot of people are saying, why aren't they using this cap money? And for me, I think they're rolling it over because you've got Dak's contract come in. You've got Tony Pollard. Um, you know, you think all the other players, CD Lamb, although they're going to use the fifth-year option. But, they, you know, you've got to think projecting forward about all these other players that are coming uh, for contracts and then add in then this 26 mil that he's, he's hitting next year. But do you think over the two years, that's 40 mil on the cap, is Demarcus Lawrence worth that? I mean, if it's relative to the cap, yeah. I think I mean he's he's worth being paid, you know, like a premium edge rusher. Um, yeah. but it's fair to wonder, I mean, to the point that, you know, Lauren Paul and Grandma mentioned, I mean, is is the bottom falling out? Like did the bottom fall out last year? Did we see the beginning of that? Like, you know, did they just, you know, buy a little bit too late here? Um and that's you know that that's that's the way this goes. I mean, one day you're you're still at your peak, and the next day you're not. And that you know that's a hard reality when it sets in. And um, I mean, again, you're talking next year. He's entering double-digit seasons in the NFL. That's yeah. you know that's a long ways away uh, from peak productivity. And coming off, I mean, the injury last year was a little bit of a freak thing, but um, it's fair to wonder. It's fair to speculate. He's he's not something that I think you can feel great about for the next two years but peace obviously a factor now yeah uh, and i mean because the, the the thing everyone lies on is the run defending but you know it, you mentioned the freak injury but yeah i mean when you go through his totals i mean you know we lost him for a considerable chunk too plays week one we lose him and then he's not back until week 13 but not really doing anything really considerable for the team until week 14 um week 15 being his best game of the season um because the issue people always have is you're paying all this money and take for instance last year um given everything that happened it's three sacks and 30 pressures which is a rotational player you know yeah i mean and, and last year was a weird year and i think that people yeah, are agree on, yeah people harp on randy gregory's sack numbers and i mean y'all know how annoying that can be but it's it's a big year for Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, it's mm -hmm. a big reputational year. Um, you know, he had all the comments when OTA started about wanting to kind of reclaim the the sack title on the team. Like, you know, that that's he's he's no longer the. I don't know that he. I'd be curious what you guys think. Like, when when you think of the Cowboys defense, I don't think he's in the first two players you think of. I mean, it's it's a revolution. Yeah. Everyone thinks yeah. of of Micah and Trayvon. That's it. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the kids the kids are here. You know, and and that's that's a hard pill to kind of swallow sometimes. It's a young yeah. man's game. Young man's game. Mm. But if if that gives him this, if that gives him the spur to to sure. train and to to rise above it again. You know that all, that's all the better for our our defense. So you know, if he if he was the if he was the number one defensive lineman, maybe he would coast. But he's he's got something to prove this year. He's you know especially he's re-signed this contract extension. It's all guaranteed and what have you. You know there are people questioning whether we should have done it, um, and you know that's obviously adding to the fire as well. So. 
I think we will see a reju rejuvenated Demarcus Lawrence this year. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, the weight the weight reduction is certainly something to take into account um, because it, it, what I like with Demarcus Lawrence is that um, when he's on the field, he is always uh, he demands people to pay attention to him because he is disruptive. And when you think about it, he is kind of a feel good story because. He was almost gone off the roster. They, they, he was like literally right there at the very edge of like them going, "Yeah, okay, we're ready to give up on him now." And then yeah. all of a sudden, he has that 2017 season, and then it's like, "Oh right, okay, yeah, yeah, no, we'll hang about with him." And then obviously this year, then people talk about the contract that he took, so it shows some level of um, like leadership qualities to do what he did. Um, I mean, he doesn't care. He's getting paid, but you know, it's still good for the team. Um, like I know you were saying it, RJ, as well. But I don't know. I I do think the team is better with him than without, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I think what I like and admire about him is he's he's kind of the first player to sort of not work with. The, I know you mentioned the team friendly deal, but I mean, he got his bag. And I, oh, yeah. I love that. I, I, he's kind of the first player to sort of teach the Joneses a lesson about waiting. <laughs> and, um, and you know, he, he played the game the right way against him. And, and he won financially because of it. And so um, it's just – it's crazy how fast, you know, that time kind of flies. But, yeah, I mean, if, if they had let him walk or, or gotten rid of him, I mean, we're all, I think, a little down on this team. It would be – it would be nothing but dark clouds. I mean, it would yeah. be tough. It'd be tough to believe in this group if, if they had lost him on top of everything else. Yeah, um, but can, I, I'll ask. Oh, go on, go on. Can you can you imagine losing Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence in the same off season? I would have. A, I, I would have, have an absolute meltdown if that was. <laughs> like, I, I'm I'm bold enough. I don't want to be any more bolder. You've been bringing Don Tari Poe back. <laughs> Don't even start me. Do you really want to go there, mate? Really? But here we go, then, guys. What do you foresee? I know it's difficult to say at this stage, but what's your projections uh, for Demarcus Lawrence? I actually think, um, given the little off-season, you know that that back and forth he's had with Micah Parsons, I can see um, a, a little bit. Maybe an increase in sacks for sure, but I think people are going to be quite interested in the sort of uh, the, the 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 tackles for losses are going to go up. That's how I see Demarcus Lawrence coming out this year, and people are going to be like, "Wow!" But what about you guys? What what are you? What's your projections for Demarcus Lawrence this year? I I think you're going to be close to double digit sacks again this year. I think nine, ten, eleven, that sort of thing. Yeah. Going up against uh, and going going with Micah as well. They they can't just focus. Defenses or, or offenses can't just switch to Micah this year. They've got to still worry about Demarcus Lawrence as well, and then that helps everybody else step up as well. So yeah. I think I think your two focus will be certainly will be Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons from his his um you know v varied positions. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. I would say probably a usual year in the run game. Um, I'm going to be a little bit cynical and say probably not a huge rise in the sack count. Um, I mean, regular listeners to the show will know that 
I've always demanded more sacks from from um, from Lawrence. But do you know what? If he draws the double team to let Parsons do his thing, fair enough. You know, you, you've they've, they've got to take out somebody, and if they choose to take out Demarcus Lawrence, then you've got uh, Michael Parsons to go and wreak havoc. It would have been nice to have Randy Gregory as well in the rotation, yeah. but you've got to move on from that. Um, yeah. I get the, the chat about Fowler. Hopefully, he 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 finds an upward year if he's back in a system where he's loved, and obviously Dan Quinn can get the best out of players. So if he can come into the rotation, that might help Lawrence a little bit, but. I'm gonna say just you as as pair for the run and maybe a slight increase in sacks. Hopefully, hopefully. Okay. But the one thing I really do want is a 16 game season. That's, yeah, that that's would be we're, helpful. We're really yeah. for. You know, <laughs> I mean, you mentioned it. Parsons certainly helps tank a lot. Um, but what about you, RJ? What 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 sort of projection you got for him? I think. I mean. You know, if he doesn't statistically improve, that would be a really, really, really troubling thing given, you know, the, the number of games we played last year. So, I mean, I think we'll we'll feel better in that sense. I think, I mean, just off, like, feel and vibe, I think he'll feel like a legitimate contributor to the defense. Um, but he's, you know, to kind of stick with the aging thing, he's the Jason Witten to Micah and Diggs' Dak and Zeke, right? Like, he's he's the older guy you know, with the injection of youth. And so, you know, Witten was, was fine, you know, the the, yeah. the years he played, you know, in this offense, but, you know, he was clearly not a priority. He had, you know, important moments. And I think we'll see those from Demarcus Lawrence, but um, I think the days of him being like the motor are, are well in the past. All right. Paul, give me your projection. I'm going to say it's going to be fall short of double digits. I'm going to say roughly between the seven, eight, seven or eight mark. Um, but tackles for loss, I tend to agree that I think yeah. the, produ- the production and that's definitely increased, especially when it comes to like for the run game and that. Like, mm-hmm. like we need to kind of you need to think of it as well, especially if he's moving into the no so much being like rushing on the edge, like but moving back inside, like hitting into the B gap. Yeah, like like he could be up against the guard. He could be like hitting in that. Like he could be causing more disruptive force in the inside rather than just the outside. So who knows? And also not just that, you've got your defensive tackles there to hopefully step up as well. So uh-huh. it, you're you're kind of hoping that everyone does their job and it just opens all the doors for everybody. And yeah. that, and, and and this was just one of the comments was just made up by um, Anthony Walden. Um, yeah, so like he like, faces a lot of double demon triples, but he needs to have a place to increase their production in the D line, which is a fair enough statement. They yeah, can do that. you're gonna you are gonna see more numbers if that's the case. But D law can only do so much if he's being a primary focus by offensive linemen. So mm-hmm. so I do think it, it kind of it's like that type of yin and yang. It's like you need other guys to step up for yeah to get yeah, 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 yeah. so and, and, and that's where he, he comes into his own is by bringing yeah, everybody else up. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's just going to be a very Demarcus Lawrence type situation that will happen where people are going to be like, oh, he hasn't had a sack in three games or four games. And then all of a sudden there'll be like that really close game or like the Thanksgiving game. And all of a sudden Tank makes like that fourth quarter sack that helps to finish out the game. And then everyone's back on the Demarcus Lawrence train then, you know. That's the, that's the type of situation it has with it, you know. It's- People need to remember, it's like if 
if they're not running the ball or in the direction of Demarcus Lawrence, then he's doing his job essentially. They, yeah. don't, want, they don't want to go anywhere near him. Mm-hmm. As goes for Micah Parsons, they want to get the direction of the ball in a complete different direction of those players. So, yeah, yeah, it can't be understated. That's one part. All right, next guy, and it's crazy when you think about this. Dorrance Armstrong, you spoke about him. We actually spoke about him on the position breakdown series last time with you, RJ, um, talking about how he always turns up a camp. And you think, oh, here we go. And he fires through it. And then the season, he fizzles and disappears into um, nothingness. Um, the bit that I find crazy, he's only 25 years old. He feels like he's been at the Cowboys for like a decade. Yeah. I mean, we don't, I think, talk enough about that 2018 class and how <laughs> like we talk, we talk about other classes a lot. But, I mean, you know. Leighton has been fine, and obviously, I mean, you're an all-pro at, at any point. I mean, you deserve, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of kudos. Uh, Connor Williams gets hated on, but was a really serviceable starter. Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz, Cedric Wilson, um, and Dorrance Armstrong. And so, I mean, you're right, Mike. The the hype in training camp generally comes from Jerry Jones, for whatever reason. That <laughs> has, like, been his dude. They didn't um, want to give up on him at all. Wh- but, you know, like last year, none of us wanted to give up on him. He had the crazy <laughs> preseason, and we were all in on it. And then he got hurt, and it was yeah. it was devastating. Um, I just don't know. I mean, I I would love to be wrong there. But, I mean, he, I think he's a fine player. But I I mean, I, I'm not comfortable putting more responsibility on him at this point in his career. Yeah, and I, I go in through the stats because you, it, like, literally is – when you look at it, when you go through his stats and you look at the snap count that's important, that he has his most productive games when he hovers around the 30 snap mark. So when he's around that, once he gets into the 40s, it tends to just start to slip. But when you look at those games, so when you say that, you're like, well, that's rotational. Um, And you're really going to be asking him to play more of a solidified role. You know, he's more of a starter role. Um, Because at the moment, the talk over in Dallas, and I don't know if this is the case, what you're hearing, uh, RJ, is that the race at the moment for defensive end two, if you like, is between Fowler and Armstrong. And when you look, you've got one that's struggling, who really hasn't hit his draft height. Well, he did, but then he came off with a few injuries. <laughs> and you've got another guy who's more of a rotational piece. Um, and, I mean, they, they believe in him, like you say, RJ. They're paying him 3.3 mil on the cap this year, um, seven next year, but they can get out of that fairly easy. Um, so, I mean, they do believe in him, that's for sure. But I just I don't know if I want my heart broken again, where I hype him up and I tell everybody he's going to be going for it. But I will say one thing. He is a friend of UK Cowboys. <laughs> so so is Stephen Jones. I mean, so I mean, yeah. We're only saying we're only saying that he's a friend of the show because he uh, reposted one of our things Instagram. on his Instagram. Yeah, so yeah. Now, he's a, now he's a friend of ours. He knows of us. You know, you you guys have a great Instagram. Um, if anybody doesn't follow UK Cowboys on Instagram, I believe they have um, uh, a look inside of uh, Lauren's house. Is uh, what's next? Uh, Lauren's going to take us on a tour and show us every single room. Uh, was what I was told, but um, I mean, you know, oh, you're right. Like, 
I mean, he, he will disappoint. Like, you know, he, he will invariably disappoint. I, I would love to be wrong about Dante Fowler. I would love for him yeah. to come in. And because they, they have, like, they pulled off Robert Quinn, and that was a great mm-hmm. one-year rental. I would love to, to eat some crow there. I, I think that's more likely than, than Dorn's taking the leap. Um, but I still don't think it's incredibly likely, personally. Yeah. Uh, anyone got a projection for uh, for Doris Armstrong before we move to uh, Dante Fowler? I let you guys take the floor. What do you feel Dorrance is going to be doing this year? Well, you like oh. a stat, Mac? Just checked on NFL.com. Yes. Barring the 20... Um, I mean, whether he, I can't believe we're talking about him whether he starts or not, but in the past four seasons, according to NFL.com, he's only missed four games. Uh... I mean, um, what well, a start is another thing, but it's okay. Um, 2021 14, 2020 16, 2019 15, 2018 15. So, like you guys are saying, they clearly believe in him. Mm. It's just getting them to take that final step. And I think the second the second year in that contract is key because they can get out of it, but they have given him seven million dollars. Mm. So, if he comes out and balls, then that, that's a decent wage for the second, the second year. Um, but like you say, they can get out of it, so they clearly have reservations about it. But wouldn't it be nice if he came in and, and did really well? Like he finally got that potential that we've been hoping for, because we could certainly do with something on the other side of, of Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what what have you got, Lorne, in terms of projection? Because don't forget, he had his best season last season in terms of had six sacks. Um, yeah. uh, he still has yet. Oh no, he does register one forced fumble in 2019. But what do you think? What's your projection for him? I I think we're probably looking at similar. I think we're looking at probably six, seven sacks this season. Um, you know, is 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 playing stats in terms of the percentage he's been playing on defense has been increasing year on year. Um, it was 44% defensive snaps last season, mm-hmm. um, and obviously you saw his numbers come up. It is difficult when you're only, you know, the first couple of years he was only playing, what, 26%, 23%. You know, that is difficult to come in and make a make a statement there, especially when you're coming in and spelling somebody like Randy Gregory. You're, you know, if you, if you don't make anything in those one or two plays that you get on for um, in a series or whatever, you're, you're not, they're going to keep Randy Gregory or whoever was in front of him on the field much longer um obviously he does have a sponsor in, on the team he's you know he's got the owner in his in his camp um we, we've always said jerry ch- treats him like his own his own child um yeah um so yeah i, th- I think we're looking at about six six or seven sacks this year and he can stand up against the run as well. I mean, again, last season, it was, what, three tackles for loss, um, 12 QB hits, uh, you know, and even a couple of pass de- deflections as well. So um, I think you're probably going to get there or thereabouts again. All right. Paul? Guys, clear, sorry, clear something up for me. I've, I've just gone deeper into his stats. Did he miss five games last year? Yeah. He, he, did, he, he, did, did he pick he, up an injury three through six? Week week two, and then he came back in week eight. It was scratch. What I was, I've clearly not gone into the, the stats deep enough, but um, <laughs> yeah, the the up year certainly 
remains the golden ticket that we all we all cheer yeah. for. Yeah, yeah. Well, final thoughts on Don Armstrong, Paul. Kind of, I totally agree with RA RJ's in there. Like, I'm gonna in that feeling where <sighs> waiting for this big empire that he's supposed to bring and it's just not happened yet and i'm just i'm just i'm just gonna sit and twiddle my thumbs and hope and hope i'm improving wrong very much <laughs> like because I'm, I'm just kind of I'm, I'm you know you ever seen that that meme where it's a wee guy with a stick is like do something yeah yeah that's yeah. what i feel like what doran Armstrong's is to me right now i'm up go do something so i'm still waiting for that 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 this whole whatever, so yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've got nothing really much else to say on on Dorns, to be honest. All right, then let's He's... move to Don, Dante Fowler then, because uh, I wrote a little piece this week. I don't know if you've seen it, RJ, about how Dante Fowler is an upgrade from Randy Gregory, and it very much divided Cowboys Nation on social media. Um, got a few names hurled as well, but I like them. Send them my way. I enjoy it. <laughs> I, I, that's my that's my tackling fuel. Um, so Sorry, calm down, Bobby Bushy. <laughs> it's, my, it's, my it's my tackling fuel. Um, <laughs> uh, now, uh, I mean, when you look at Donny Fowler, um, one of the comments I made that we said before is that he literally is a guy that really didn't need three years in college to develop. I mean, he literally could have come and joined the NFL in his freshman year. Um, picks up some injuries with Saxonville that he was with at the time. Went to uh, no wait, wasn't Atlanta then? Was it was um Rams, Rams, Rams then Atlanta? Yeah, yeah, then Atlanta. RJ, am I right to say though he very briefly spent time with Dan Quinn in the time he transitioned with Dan Quinn in, in Atlanta? Yeah, uh teeny little bit of crossover, and then Dan Quinn yeah. got fired, obviously. Um, but I mean, obviously, everybody's made a big deal about their relationship back at the University of Florida. Yes. Um and I mean, I mean, look, I, I'm, I feel bad because like, it sounds like everything I say is, or feel like everything I say is negative, but I think Paul, <laughs> Paul, in, in, for real this time, Paul embodied kind of my thought, like every, everything the Cowboys have planned or, or want to happen is sound, right? Like, oh, it'd be oh. awesome if Dante Fowler found the fountain of youth, if Dan Quinn, you know, really found this dude that, you know, he had a relationship with before, but all of these things happening are so unlikely. I mean, they're possible. They exist in the world of, of all possibilities. But, you know, that they've bought a lot of lottery tickets. And I don't know that they cash in on them. And that's that's my hesitation and my fear. And I think we've, we've gone so far with hope or whatever you want to call it that, you know, it, like we were so sick of, of letting Rod Marinelli dictate the defense, right? Like, why is Rod mm -hmm. Marinelli getting all the leeway, blah, blah, like this is so dumb only to completely and totally hand the reins to Dan Quinn right afterwards, right? Like now we implicitly trust Dan Quinn for whatever. Uh, Dan Quinn made, you know, you know, Dante Fowler work at Florida, you know, a decade ago. So it's supposed to happen again here in the NFL. It's just, I, I think I, I would love for Dan Quinn to just be this like incredible defensive mind again. But I, I think that, you know, there's some regression coming. And I think the rosy view of Dan Quinn is going to, be a little bit tarnished over this season, which I, I would love to be. I would really love to be wrong about that. Yeah, because he did have an up here, mind you, uh, last year, Fowler. And when you think as well, what he was trying to do on that Falcons defense, because if you say he was on the Falcons defense, a lot of people go, hmm, 
yeah, that wasn't very a very good defense. But but, but bear in mind though, Mike, when it comes to Fowler, like even though he games played, he only played 14, but he only started six games. Yeah, he was viewed very good. In fact, if you look at his snap count on year by year, last season was his least. He was just over 500 snaps on the season, which is the and, lowest in his career. And he spent two of those years on lower amount of games because he was dealing with injuries. Not to mention as well, he actually has more statistics than the year before when he had more snaps. Uh, yeah, I know. Oh, sorry, lesser snaps. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he get he comes away with three force fumbles, um, which is, and I'm doing this off memory because I'm that sad. Um, comes off with three force fumbles, and I don't know about the sacks, but I know the four and a half, four, four and a half. half. But the yeah. tackles were fairly decent um, for the I mean, sort of role he was playing. Yeah, I mean, he had 36 combined tackles, 21 of those was solos, 15 assists, four and a half yeah. sacks, and three force fumbles. Yeah, so, I mean, he, he has done, for you know, he's trying to get back up to what he was before, but I don't think he's ever going to get there. I think, like, what, what I do find crazy, you know, we were talking about Dorrance Armstrong being with the Cowboys for the last five years. Farrell's been in the league for eight years. Yeah, I still remember that day when he got drafted. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, young getting drafted. Yeah, and unfortunately for him, I mean, he was drafted third overall pick, and in that first mini yeah. camp, he he went down. Uh, what was it, an Achilles? I think it was yeah, as well. So it's similar to what we're seeing with David Ajabo that you know, and obviously the the Ravens are worried about what they're going to get him coming back from. Um, it it takes away a little bit of speed. Um, take something out of your game. Um, the the year that he was with the Rams obviously was his best year. Mm-hmm. Uh, then goes off, plays five games with Dan Quinn, and then everything you know, Dan Quinn gets released, and yeah. you know it, everything was in fluid uh, motion then for the remainder of his career with the Falcons. Um, can can Quinn reignite him? If anybody, you know. If anybody's going to do it, I think Dan Quinn is. Um... Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you, you've hit, you've started on what I was going to ask everybody, is that Dan Quinn, obviously, we know he's the defensive mastermind. He's worked with him before. Um, so, But obviously, we have seen this pattern already. So what, what do you project Fowler's going to come away with working with Dan Quinn? Is Dan Quinn going to get um, certainly a, a better Fowler than we've seen in the past? Or... Are we seeing a pattern with the Keanu Neal situation that we got as well with Atlanta? I think it's it's similar to Keanu Neal. I think so. I think it's Henry Melton with Rod Marinelli. You know yeah. that we were we were so pumped about that, and it was like, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it just so rarely works. I mean, like I, I've said, I think it's dumb that uh, that people thought that Curtis Samuel was going to be amazing in Washington just because Ron Rivera brought him over. And this is yeah. a similar sort of thing. Like, I, I don't think Dr. Fowler will be awful. I just don't think he'll be a difference maker. I mean, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. And that, when I talked about what, what we wrote about, I said very explicitly at the end, I don't think he's going to be the first round talent or this player that's going to further ignite the defense but i do think he's an upgrade to gregory i I don't know what you think of that rj i would not agree that he's an upgrade from randy gregory (laughs) i i do think we have 
over-evaluated uh, Randy a bit, but I, I do think that he is a better player today than Dante Scott. Okay. Yeah, I like it. That's uh, what some other people said to me in the media. I was like, nah, I'm going against the grain. I don't care what you're saying. Um, but all right, then. Like, what about the next guy, then? Tyrell Basham. Um, 28 years of age. Um, obviously, he's on that two-year contract. This year, on the cap, he's three mil. Um, so about the same as Dante Fowler as well. Um, I mean, he was one of the, 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 the steadier ships last year on the defence, but when you look at it, snap count, he was there for every game. Uh, when we needed him most, when uh, Demarcus Lawrence went down, we needed something to try and right the defense uh, on that side of the of the line as a bookend. What do you guys think of Tal Basham? Do you think he's going to have a major role here, or um, is he a rotational piece? Do we think we're going to see the um, a, a tick up from last year? What, you, what what's everyone's feelings on him? I definitely think he's going to be a. Uh having that same similar role being that rotational guy but whenever he, he will be like the, the the main guy if someone goes down essentially because he has been very serviceable wherever yeah. you put him maybe you put him as a five or put him but kind of like depending on the left hand side or right hand side that like he's, he's very serviceable we can play at both sides at the end position mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and uh, and i mean obviously the primary part of his career with the Jets as well. He was used as a sort of stand-up linebacker almost as well in Uh, a lot of situations as well. you got that sort of position flex, so not only can he play a little bit of the interior line, he can also bounce out to to linebacker as well if you want to do some sort of hybrid 3-4 defense or at least bring one of your your defensive linemen up in a two-point stance. Um, creates a little bit of uh, mystery on for the offense as well. Um, he said he said the same uh, stats roughly for the past couple of years. So I think yeah. that's pretty much who he's going to be. Three and a half sacks, seventeen solo tackles. That's yeah. pretty much what you're going to get from Basham. Yeah. Like, the rotation, yeah, like thirty-five pressures throughout the yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. What do you reckon, RJ? Or are you expecting some more? Yeah, I, I think. You know, that's the right, you know, box to put him in. I think he and Dante Fowler will have similar lines of production. I mean, you, you've got to have your rotational guys. And I mean, you could have worse players, you know, to serve those roles than, than those two. And so I think they're doing all right there. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to the next guy, then, is uh, last year's rookie. And then we'll move to this year's rookies. Uh, Chauncey Goldston. Now, this is actually Jamie's guy. He absolutely loves Chauncey Goldston. I mean... Uh, uh, yeah, you, you do as well, of course, yeah. Um, now, uh, one of the things we spoke about in the off-season before we started doing the uh, position breakdown series was we talking about how this team roster talent-wise isn't as good as last year, with the exception of players that could very much develop over the next year. Chauncey Goldston, for me, is one of those guys where if he develops enough, this roster could be back on his way to what it was last season in that that solid, um, you know, sort of roster depth. Because, I mean, for a rookie, when you look at it, and he didn't start really until playing significant snaps till week three, and then it it, it sort of dipped off towards the end of the season. But he still come away with two sacks. um, Still managed to get that in. 16 tackles, um, 
23 pressures for a rookie really who's trying to just do the best that he can in that first year in the, the way that they were utilizing him. I don't think he did particularly bad. I don't know what you think, RJ. I mean, I think he's he has a lot of potential. Um, yeah. And I think he's somebody who, unlike everybody else, has had Dan Quinn for 100% of his career. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, that, I mean, outside of Michael Parsons, obviously. Um, I, yeah. I think that matters. I mean, I think he's he's like your true lottery ticket. I mean, if there's somebody I, – I mean, we kind of saw that little jump from Dorrance Armstrong that was notable mm-hmm. at the time. I think you could kind of see that from Chauncey here from year one to year two. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, what are, what's everyone's expectations? Like, oh, I tell you what, rather than expectations, what does Chauncey you all feel needs to work on the most in terms of development to be that next-level player? Well, I think one of the things, obviously, he's gained about 20, 20 kilos of mass. Yeah, so yeah. the size and strength, as long as he hasn't, um, you know, as a result, he hasn't lost anything on any of his speed, um, then, you know, that that has potential for getting him to break in this year a bit more. Um, just... Again, I hate to say it, but I mean, I think I see him more as a sort of um, Tyron Crawford. Uh, Tyron Crawford, you know yeah, the yeah. the ability, but up, we're not. Up, up we're, yeah, we're not asking him to gain weight to be a tackle and then play end this year. I think we're going to have him at a set weight, and you know that weight's going to be comparable for both interior and the uh, the, the edge as well. So. Um, I again, I, I see him being a rotational piece. I mean, we talked about Basham there, but I mean, Basham's maybe if if Goldston makes a step up, I think maybe Basham gets pushed down a bit, maybe even gets pushed off the roster, even. So, um, you know, this is obviously it's it, we're not tied to Basham. So, if if we as long as these guys don't have a sophomore slump, then you know the potentials there that you know you don't need guys like basham um and and again perhaps that's there's trade value there for basham so um but do you want to put all your eggs in somebody who may start the season well and then then have this sort of slump that you know is what is well documented in a lot of players yeah yeah um i i think he's one of those players that we really need to get them to develop, because um, that's the, the roster needs these players. Um, certainly, last year's class to start coming up. Um, you know, we spoke about Neville Gallimore as well being one of those players last year that we really need them to get up to that that pace now to get back to the the, the level of talent this roster had last year. But let's move on to the last two rookies, um, and we can talk about. These ones, Paul's chicken's head already because he knows we're going to talk about <laughs> Sam Williams. Um, now, we've already done an in-depth look at him after the draft. We went quite deep. So it's really just going over um, with Sam Williams, what we project from him, what he needs to work on the most. Spoke um, to some guys over in Dallas Cowboys, and I said to one of the guys, I was like, what does Sam Williams you feel need to work on the most? And the best comment I had back was just literally everything. He's a rookie. I don't know what you think about that, RJ. I I think that Sam is the benefit of 
a lot of people needing something to believe in and buy into. Right. And I, I think that I think he could totally be awesome. And I think that Sam is kind of the embodiment of the confidence that people have placed in Dan Quinn. And so there's all the confidence of, you know, Quinn loved him in the, the leader of the draft process. Quinn wanted his guy. Quinn got him. He looks and talks and sounds like Micah Parsons. So it's really easy to kind of con- convince yourself that like that is happening again. And it might. Um, but Micah was this like unicorn of unicorns. And so I, I certainly think that Sam Williams can develop into a really, really fine player, but it is so difficult to come in right away and make an impact. And I think he'll, he'll be a, a really good player for the Cowboys, but that isn't yeah. necessarily, you know, you can be a really good player without being like a star pass rusher. And so he, I mean, he just needs time in the NFL and, I, and yeah. you, you only, you know, you only get time with, with time passing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like with it, with the, I always say defensive line guys, you've got to give them that three year, like sort of gestation period, if you like, um, to get up to speed. Like, certainly, offensive linemen, you know, not everyone can be Zach Martin and just hit the, the ground running. You know, three years is what I always say with defense and offensive linemen. Um, so it's gonna have to be time tells with him. Um, what about the rest of you guys? I mean, I, you know, I, I one thing I do like, Paul. Right, and I know we talked about the bend with him. One thing I do like though is I go back and watch tape of him when he he plays rather than trying to get around the outside of the guys coming back inside, coming inside um, yeah. against John Fesson. Like he's quite, he can be quite nifty. He can get around them. He can shift through them. I just said, well, not to, I'm not going to use the competition as an example. Well, <laughs> you know what? Not you know what? I am going to use the competition like because. They don't expect a guy like Sam Williams to move that way inside as often. And yeah. I, I will give Sam Williams credit. He knows how to bull rush. He knows mm-hmm. how to do that. He knows how to force a guy back. He's like he's got all the strength and the straight line speed. But when yeah. it comes to when it comes to actually setting off the edge and trying to turn around to get get back back round to the quarterback, that's for me on the slow side of things. And also like run defense. Well, no. What I was trying to say was, it's like, yeah, he can build rush, but he still remains so upright all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah, and yeah. That, and that, that to me is a bit of, will affect him with his bend. Like, if he can get himself lower, he can and gain in leverage. Gain in leverage. Yeah, so yeah. there's all those wee characteristics he still needs to improve on, and this is why I've been so critical of him. It's like I didn't think he's. I, I've, me personally, I still didn't think he was worth the second round grade. Personally, but mm. but if you were to swap like so Tolbert and Williams, it kind of works out for itself. So that it cancels itself out. It cancels itself out. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm like I, t- I can't remember who it was. We were just kind of talking about earlier, like regards to we. I like to be humbled, but this is one of the guys I would personally like to eat humble pie. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to be proven wrong. Regardless, like, but I totally completely agree with what you're saying. Like, in terms of, I don't think he's going to make an impact this year, but maybe next year or the year after, that's when you would start to see him coming to his element. There is a reason why Dan Quinn obviously really scouted him, but looking at the tape, there clearly is, he has a lot still to improve on, but he is under the good, uh, good tutorage of Dan Quinn and obviously Adam Dudley. So, I'm yeah. confident it will pre- become well, but yeah, it's yeah, all, it's yeah. just a matter. It's just a matter of time and when. 
well, well, I just think he, he needs to get a bit of strength behind him because he is a pure speed rusher. Yeah. No, I, 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 I would say his strength is actually a good thing, to be no, honest. Not, no, no, like his, his core strength because he doesn't hold up on the run and you can't have a guy who's not very good against the run as your permanent def defensive end on the other side. You just, but you again, that, that's, that's maybe as a result of being too high out of coming out of his stance and everything like that. Yeah. Okay, the, yeah, the, yeah. the one, and I mean, Paul, obviously, when Paul put that critique up back in pre-draft, obviously there was a lot of people who were ready to jump on Paul for that. And I, But I would, I would back Paul up with that. What we got from, I think it was Marcus being on the draft shows with us, um, was the sort of insider information that basically he hasn't had the coaching. He's basically been put on the field and said, see ball, get ball. You know, almost, again, we've been talking about, joking about Bobby Boucher, you know, it is tackling fuel, go get the ball, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, he he never had the proper coaching on how to play defensive end. And he managed to put up those sort of stats last year um, in college. Now, he is going to get his ass coached by Dan Quinn this year, whether you believe it, whether you believe Dan Quinn is some sort of defensive messiah, who knows? But you know, one thing he is, he is going to get coached by uh, Dan Quinn and Aiden Dirty this year, and we should see improvement this year. And then, I think next year he will hit the big. He will probably be ready to take the league. But yeah. I think we'll we'll get a good rotation out of him this season. Yeah, and just before I move on to Graham on Sam Williams, we are going to let RJ go. He's got another engagement, so we're going to let him disappear, and they're not going to understand what he's saying because he's been on this show so much, he's picking up an English accent <laughs> now. Last, oh, time, last time he got the knighthood, the time before that he got a dual passport, now he's getting the accent. Next thing we'll start calling you Jamie next, RJ. Yeah, I'm going to look for some real estate um, in the greater UK area. So if you guys can help me out with the, um, the price conversions and the Celsius stuff, that'd be great. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and the weight thing as well. Right That's right. Uh, we Y'all um, have a great day. I love you all, but I love Mike the most. Just a little bit more because he, he <laughs> mentioned the Aggies. That's why. So. That's right. It's all about the Aggies. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. And uh, Fisher can give uh, Sabin a big one. Later, guys. <laughs> There, boss. <laughs> but sorry, yeah. Continue on, Gray, with Sam Williams. What, 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 what do you think he needs to develop on, and where do you think he's going to go this season? I just see him at the moment at this stage. Um, the the the, the two-headed race um, for the other side to play on the other side from Tank is either going to be Fowler or Armstrong. That's really where it is. I know a lot of people want it to be Sam Williams. It's not going it's to be. Not. He, can't hold up, not. he can't hold up against the run. You can't have a guy who's not that good against the run as your, your permanent starter, because what are they going to do? They're just going to keep running at you um, like, on that yeah. side. Like I can't think of the uh, the tackles, uh, the opposing tackles we're going to play against, uh, the offensive tackles. They're like if you were to put him straight in week one against I don't know like your Eric Fishers or whoever, um, is uh -huh. they're gonna teach him a lesson, like they're they're gonna expose him very quickly, not until someone learns through that through obviously for training camp what well, training camp but on that more put a development structure through 
after year one, after year two, it's best just to get him in, like get him some snaps to get some experience. But for I wouldn't throw him into the yeah. wolves. I would, yeah. I would love, it. I would love it to be a three-way competition, but I don't think it's going to be like you were saying, Mike. I think it's going to be um, Fowler or Armstrong. Um, for cat purposes, I hope it's Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> because we've only got Fowler for one year. Wouldn't it be just like the Cowboys that Fowler comes in, has 10 sacks and go and signs for somebody else? Yeah, yeah, the Robert Quinn experience. Oh, no, that's like the, 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 everything that happens to the Cowboys every year. When someone does good in a one-year contract, they bugger off. <laughs> and continue yeah, where they left off. Every time. But I, since since we took Williams, I've been trying to get Paul will know the exact video that I'm talking about. I've been trying to get that video out of my head, where he, the back is so straight, it's so rigid, he's upright, and like Paul's saying, any left tackle in the league that's worth their salt is gonna get the hands on, jack him up, and he's he's, he's gonna be he's gonna be a foot in the air and not being able to do anything with the power. So, like you guys are saying, the coaching's got to be there. Year two, yeah. year three is when we when we see Sam Williams. Yeah. I think. Yeah, um, year three is it's all about year three. Yeah, when you're going up against NFL tackles with like four or five, six years of experience, at the and weight room and yeah, the the, the, the yeah, proper nutrition. development, yeah. proper development of an offensive tackle in the league mm. against a, a like a raw, and I mean very raw, Sam Williams. You, you, right. there's going to be one winner. Really, in my personal opinion, that would be the tackles, just they would know every trend trend of the book. At least see him, and it's the mental in... side too. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, just imagine Williams gets a couple of reps with the ones, and he comes up against Tyron Smith. That's going to be a long day. <laughs> That's going to yeah. be a long practice session. So, um, I mean, like, I, I, he does get stuff with the ones. Yeah, and and some of the hype as well. A lot of people been hyping because he's been doing well in practice. But bear in mind. Who he's been up in practice against? He's been up against other rookies. <laughs> so yeah. uh, and so basically, he was doing what he was doing in college. And in college, he was nearly the sack leader practically. Um, I mean, so you think he he can do it? I mean, with this all being said, like I'm sh- like this is a question for every single one of us, right? Yeah. Don't we or don't we all f- would love to eat humble pie? Yeah. Oh, hundred like, percent. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, you like, never, you never want to play it to play bad. Oh, uh, you know, like no, Cowboys players. We're not saying not. like, oh, we hope he plays bad, so we're proven right. No, no, no. We, we want to be proven wrong. We want yeah. to like say, okay, yep. Yeah, you know what? Like, all of our doubts have been answered. You know what? Fair yeah. play to you, and we will give you all the praise and recognition that this player deserves. So, and that's what, and this is what we're kind of like. We do have our doubts, but we would love to be proven wrong. Doesn't matter if it's Sam Williams or Don Armstrong having this big massive year, like it could be anybody. Yeah, so I mean, we, we, we could all sit here and say they're gonna they're all gonna get 10 sacks each, but it's not yeah, true. It's unreal, it's unrealistic. It's worthless, you know, it's it's yeah. worthless content. You've got it, you've got to kind of take the cowboys shaded glasses off for a second and mm. try and not be down on them, but be realistic on them. Um, yeah, it's like we've got this um, iron curtain over. Yeah. Um, well, maybe that's not the right term to use, but it's all right. Uh, go with it. Go with it. You've gone for that analogy. Yeah. So you've got this iron curtain that protects you from the reality of what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like, but you know, again, going back to a comment that we made before, 
that this team could very much get back to greatness if certain players lower down in the roster develop. Because we can't see how they're developing. The coaches can, we can't. Um, that, you know, if these players do develop in the way that they should or we expect, this team could be really great. And Galston being one of them, Sam Williams being another. Yeah, it's, and I mean, yeah. as as Graham says, I mean, obviously, if he is going up against the likes of Tyron Smith in training camp, you know, that that coupled with Dan Quinn's coaching, that's going to help him as well when it comes to playing other teams. What you'll what you'll see is when we have the the intra squad scrimmage against the Chargers, and he's going up against Storm Norton. Um, you know, he'll he'll probably light up Storm Norton, and you'll will be saying, "Oh, yeah, this is great." But I mean, yeah, it's yeah. it's what you're seeing against guys like Tyron Smith is whether he, if he's improving there, that's where you want to be seeing that. Um, and but I mean, that's going to help if especially. I mean, obviously, Tyron Smith when he came into the league, Demarcus Ware was on his way out, but yeah. Demarcus Ware spent that time with him. If Tyron Smith takes that same role on and spends a little bit of time after after hours or whatever and going through things like that, that helps with the progression as well. Um, you know, because the coaches can only teach so much. Yeah. You know, opposition players will give you little hints as well and help you with that as well. So um, I can, can see him getting better, but I think this year, anything we get out of him this year is a bonus. And it's next year that next year and the year after we'll be looking at the, the full strength coming out of him. Yeah, totally agree. All right, let's look at the last guy then. That's the uh, undrafted free agent, Big Cat, <laughs> Big Cat Bryant. Um, I obviously I went and looked at this player. Um, we were speaking off air that he was one guy that popped up on my radar. A couple of years ago, uh, when it, I believe he was playing at Auburn at the time rather than UCF, and uh, just because of the name, <laughs> and I was like, "There's a guy." Well, is that his? That's his Christian name. It's, it turns out not. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, he's a decent guy. Um, he's obviously still on this UDFA rookie contract. Um, Interesting type player. The only thing I will say, and me and Graham have spoken about this before, is that he is disruptive. He's in the backfield causing havoc. But here's my issue, and it's in college. In his entire collegiate career, he's come away with only 10 sacks. Hmm. Yeah, and me and you have spoken about this before, Ray. If you don't do if you can't get the numbers in college, what makes you think you're going to come into the NFL against yeah. top bigger talent, bigger guys, and, yeah. and suddenly be this guy who's going to do it? I yeah. like what he does, but the stats aren't there. That's the trouble I have with him. I mean, the, the yeah. pro, like you say, Mike, the problem is the step up because all of a sudden you're going from average to above average players in college yeah. to the 32 best centres in the world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's a fair step. Um, I mean, even if he's the first guy off the bus, <laughs> that only goes so far. <laughs> yeah, but he's not so, even that big either. He's not. He's not a yeah. big guy, you know. You'll uh, personally, I think he'll definitely be more so help to help with the special teams as well. That always needs to play into the equation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he could find a way on the team. That's the thing when you watch the tape. 
And you're watching it, and like, especially at UCF, you, you go back and watch the tape. He's always in the backfield. He's back there. He and, and like people are having trouble with him. And you can see running backs are having to go over there and max protect. So yeah, he's he's a nuisance. I I think to be honest, I think this year you're probably going to end up seeing him hitting the practice squad this year. I think um, that's the way it's going. I think last last week, obviously, when we were talking defensive tackles, we were saying five defensive tackles. I, I reckon you're probably talking five de- defensive ends this year mm-hmm. this year as well. Yeah. So, te- ten defensive linemen in total. Um, all, all most of them have sort of position flex, so that you can also, as we say, we talked about the sort of um, the, the all guns to the wall um, defensive line when you're on pass rush as well, where you can kick the Marcus Lawrence inside, um, you know, and bring in every single end that you need. Um, I can't, you know, unless he absolutely lights up camp and then, but again, we've talked about everybody that's above him, which mm. one of these guys goes goes yeah. down or you know gets yeah. cut for him? And I, and again, you're putting a hell of a lot of pressure on if you're expecting him to suddenly produce that in a regular season as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And with the the type of size that he is as well, because um, I always worry, and it's really weird because you look at it and you think, how is he absorbing all of this this contact? Because he just he doesn't look natural, but. He, he is he is a nuisance of a player. He's always he's always hovering around there. But my my the number one thing I always go down to is you just go, what's his sack total? I think he's on like nine sacks in four years, and you're just like, mm, yeah, it's less than two sacks a year, and that's a college level, you know. Yeah. The guy they want. The guy they want to go is Sam Williams. It's not the big cat, and I think that's that's going to be telling. So. He, You've you've got the competition from Fowler and Armstrong. You've yeah. got the developmental player and and Williams. Um, you've got Golson from last year. Mm-hmm. Like Lawrence said, it's difficult to find a jersey for him. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, um, I I'm with Lorno. I think he goes to practice squad because there is something there. He just needs to um, he just needs to put some more meat on the bone uh, and get. Because he is explosive. That's what's weird. Coming off the ball, he's maybe one of the fastest players next to Tristan Hill. He's he, like, wow. I mean, like, you go and watch it. He come, His snap anticipation and coming off the ball is just like, he's fire. It, it's just a blur. But oh, then it, it just... It's uh, get off from the stance. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he knows how to time it. He times it really, really well. And then getting it, but then it's just like his finishing plays. He just doesn't seem... It, it fizzles quite quickly. Fizzles into nothingness. But there we go, guys. That's the defensive ends on the Cowboys roster. I was looking forward to doing that one. Linebacker should be fun as well, mind. Um, but cornerbacks are the one we're going to be doing. But that means, guys, there's only three more shows um, for season three. And then we're on to season four. Um, starting off on the 21st is our first show, and it'll be obviously a camp preview. And then we're into Oxnard, so there's exciting. Um, so yeah, um, who wants to do this bit? And be careful with the words you choose because 
YouTube, for some reason, doesn't like us saying too much on this. Anyone want to go for it? Anyone? Man, oh, go on. If, if you're going to if you're going to cross to a game this year, yeah, check yeah. out uh, CowboysExperience.com for the ultimate meet and greets, tailgate, and game day packages. Get to meet uh, uh, current and former players, cheerleaders, um, you know. And if you're going to book through them, use the Cowboys, uh, the UK Cowboys discount code, and you'll get free stuff. Free stuff. Who are you going to watch off this list, Paul, this week? Choose one. Anyone. Sorry, what? You're going to pick one show off this list this week to watch. What's it going to be? Pick anyone. SB Nation blogging the boys. <laughs> I did I guess. One I wasn't going to shout out to, though, of course, is Cowboys fans only. Uh, Jay Tuck is absolutely loving that blue crisp water at the moment. Have you seen his pictures? Yeah, amazing. Dubai. Looks amazing. Yeah, looks superb. No, no, was it? No, he was in Dubai. He's now in what? The Maldives? Yeah, the Maldives. Maldives. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Loving looks it. Ama- looks amazing. Mm. And a, a shout, out, shout out as well, by the way, to uh, Bluff City. We'll try and get him back. Marcus on. checking in. Yeah, and a quick one on the package deal. There was an update that came out yesterday. Make sure to go check it out. There's already something new being added. So basically, you take a family, friend, or wife, partner, boyfriend, whoever it's going to be, make sure to let us know because you will get a reduction in the price per head. That's right. Deals are coming in already on that bad boy. And look at Graham. He's, he's so ready for it, look. Ready. I, so, I'm, so, I'm so red yeah. after the sunburn. That's what I'm <laughs> red for. Yeah, a certain Mrs. Wilson told me you've already got your suitcase packed for Texas next year. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let the bank balance recover first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is that. Um, but that is it for this week, guys. We will be back next Thursday talking linebacker. Um, which should be a really fun show. That's going to be very interesting to look at uh, with the characters on that end. Um, But that is it for us. Uh, Have a great weekend. These guys are going to finish off the show. And we'll see you then. Stay safe, folks. Okay, have a good week, guys, and we'll catch you next week. Catch you guys later. Have a good one. Go Cowboys. (laughs) Not long to go. Not long to go, baby. (laughs) 